0: Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. The scripture reading has been changed. It's going to be in John 8, 55 and 56. So if you turn to John 8, 55 and 56. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you but I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of his word and the sermon today.
1: Happy Sabbath to all of you. Happy Sabbath to our friends that are watching through the internet. Did everybody receive uh, a card? And what is strange on that card? It's not your typical Valentine's Day card. It's a liver. That's not a heart, it's a liver. And do you know why? Because in biblical times, the heart was not the center of emotions. The heart was the center of decision. The center of like thought, like uh, like your like we say today, your brain. So the heart, the heart was the center of your emotions, like uh, not not emotions, or the center of your thoughts, like your rational decisions. What we think about the brain today is what the ancients, during the time of Jesus and earlier, thought The heart was, and the liver was the center of emotions. So if Valentine's Day was commemorated in the time of Jesus, people would give like liver-shaped cards instead of uh, heart-shaped ones. So that's a special card for you, uh, for you to remember that because God loves us first, that's why we love him. Let's keep him on our liver today. <laughs> and, uh, and I choose the title, "Shaking Your Heart. And I mean on the biblical uh, in the biblical sense. I don't want you to check your emotions. The sermon today is not about emotions. The sermon today is about your decisions. Check your mind. Uh, make a self-examination. And uh, we are continuing a series about uh, Abraham. We are almost finishing. That's the, the one before the last. Next one will be the last. Abraham we learn a lot with him, but uh, today uh, we're gonna pick up where if we finish. He was on the road already with God for like over fifty years, and uh, he God called him to do some pretty heavy things. Live family. Uh, sever all his family ties, go to a different country, not knowing exactly where he was going. And uh, he was not a saint, as we, uh, as we noticed. And uh, he was growing through the process. He grew. And now he had a son, the promised son. And we're going to pick up uh, about years after uh, Actually 20 years after Isaac was born uh, 20 20 something years and uh, Today we're gonna focus in something that God taught Abraham, but he intended to teach you and me about him as well before we move any forward Let's bow our heads and ask God's presence to walk with us today. Dear God, we are so thankful for the opportunity that we have to read on the Bible, to read and learn about characters like Abraham. We learned so much so far by studying his story and learning more uh, from you than from him, because throughout his story, you have shown yourself to us in different ways. We ask you, dear Lord, now, as we once more dwell on the life of this patriarch, help us to hear your voice. May your spirit open our hearts and minds to not only hear to our ears, but uh, to commit to our hearts and to put in practice the things we're going to learn today. We ask you, dear Lord, help us to hear you without prejudice. Help us to hear you by what you're trying to say to us. And I especially ask you, dear Lord, May you also bless me so I don't stand in your way in the way of the things you want to say. May I say only what what you want me to say and not a word more or less than that. And may your Holy Spirit enable all of those hearing to hear, to get past my voice, my accent, and to hear your voice speaking to their hearts. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen okay so uh I want to start by uh setting our minds where Abraham was the the story starts with uh god making an ask so before i start to tell the story i want Robert to read for us uh, genesis 22 verses 1 to 18. so we can have the whole story on our heads and it came
0: and it came to pass after these things that God did to tempt Abraham and said unto him Abraham and he said behold here I am and he said take now thy son thy only son Isaac whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto young, his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah-Jerah, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice
1: already what God asked Abraham was a pretty big ask like to surrender and to kill his own son I don't know if you guys ever lost a son or daughter I haven't but I got pretty close when I was on on my first church Uh, I was, like, just recently installed. I never really liked that word installed, make me look like a washing machine or something. But uh, once I was presented as the new pastor of that church, uh, my younger daughter was about a couple of months old. And shortly after that, She started to have some strange sickness, high fever. We rushed to the hospital after like hours and hours being poked and probed and like uh, uh, looked over. The medical team didn't know what to do. Like everything they tried, nothing. They did all sorts of exams. Like nothing could make that uh, fever go or like her symptoms to disappear and after a while they send us home because there was nothing more to do and uh, uh nobody said that to me but like I kind of got the vibe that they just send us home because they didn't they didn't want her dying there and uh because they gave us a bunch of heavy medicine to give her and like uh and they gave us some warnings like don't let the fever go above a certain mark i think it was 108 or something close to that and uh because she may die and uh and that's a dreadful thing so we went home was uh uh i don't remember which day of the week it was but the fever was keep going higher and higher. We did everything they taught us and nothing. Uh, we did all sorts of things to try to make that uh, fever to subdue, didn't work. And uh, I just start to look to her and like seeing her light, like going going down. She was less and less moving, talkative, like she, she was going down. I was desperate like uh that was a long night for me. I prayed for hours and hours and hours but at one moment I was giving up certain that that I would be losing my daughter and uh because nothing was working. And I prayed to God and said like God she's yours like I have her for just a few weeks. Just a couple of months, but uh she's yours take it, save her or do whatever it's it's yours it's not it's beyond me like I don't even remember the, the words, but that was the the idea like she's not mine she's yours take it, take it for you I just want to to see her again on the resurrection day and uh i speak Stop praying. I went to the bathroom. When I came back, uh, fever was gone. She was like smiling. She was like uh, different, and uh, she went to sleep. And uh, as you guys know, she's still here to tell this story. But uh, up to this day, I tell her like Catherine. God has a special plan for you, because He saved you. He heard. That prayer. And uh, that night. I had a little taste. Very little. Of uh, what Abraham was experiencing. During his three day journey. To Mount Moriah. And uh, I say a little. uh, Because I could pray to God. But Abraham could not even. Because God was the one that asked him to go and sacrifice your kid. So, he basically said, like, you have three days to enjoy that kid and then it's gone. And, uh, uh, it's, it's hard. And, uh, perhaps, uh, that's the first lesson for today. Because, although that was a hard ask, Abraham went Anyway, and uh, sometimes God asks some pretty strange things, and that was one of them. But even when we what He asks seems to be strange, uh, even when we at the moment don't get it, what's going on, let's trust on Him, let's keep going today. For us, it's easy to judge the whole story because we can read the Bible. We know what happened afterwards. And we can even fast forward 2,000 years, like reading the book of Hebrews, telling that Abraham, uh, when he entered on that journey, he believed that uh, God could resurrect his son. So he was giving it, but he knew he knew that someday God would give him back. In a way, he made the same prayer as I did. And uh, when God requested, he said, I'm going to do it. And uh, in his mind, that was a done deal. He was going to do it. So that's why Paul says that he went and he was faithful, knowing that God would resurrect uh, Isaac on the last day. And, uh, and he just didn't consummate the deed. Because God provided us a substitute. God provided something else to die on his place. And, uh, but what is really at stake here? What God was really asking. Or what God was really offering. What's the real question here? And that's not a rhetorical question. What do you think the real question is? Say it again. How is your faith? That's a pretty good guess. Uh, like a uh, lot of people. They say that the story is about trust. And it is. Like, uh, But that's. Just the thing that's more to your face on that story. But, uh, like, there's more to that story. There's uh, more uh, than what meets the eye. For example, we give a lot of credit to Abraham on this story. We say that he was the father of all faithful because of that story. Because he had faith and he trusted in God and he went. But uh, when we see uh, pictures of kids' stories. Or when we see those uh, biblical cartoons about that story. How those cartoons always picture Isaac. As a little boy. Like, uh, but that was far from the truth. He was on his 20s. On the prime of his age, and Abraham was a hundred and fifteen, a hundred uh on that ballpark. Uh it's the test was so much to Isaac than it was to Abraham. And uh, you guys know my son, he's bigger, meaner than me. Like uh, if God asked me, like go and sacrifice your son, I don't know if I got, if I uh, would do it to tell you the truth. But assuming that I would, like would be very easy to him, like to just push me out and run. And that is, if he didn't want to uh, beat me up a little bit because trying to kill him. What are you thinking? Uh. And he could. Like, uh, but now put yourself in the situation of Abraham. Uh, Abraham was like uh, 65 years older than I am. I'm 50. Abraham was 115 or a little more than that. And uh, that's like... Uh, Isaac could like very easy subdue uh, Abraham. He could say like, "Go away, you crazy man, and be done with this story." But uh, that's not what we see here. He allowed himself to be put in, and even helped on the on this whole process. What strikes me is like if Abraham learned how to trust God, his offspring, at least Isaac, learned that from him too. When I was uh, on my first church, uh, on my uh, first Father's Day sermon, I... Committed the foolishness to try to study the story of Abraham to tell how a good father Abraham was, and like I preached a variation of that this sermon today was was the first time I preached and uh since I was green still like i I went to one uh, biblical commentary that I have in form of a story some of you may know the book or may have read it's called Patriots and Prophets and there's a chapter talking about that but I as I was reading that chapter I cried because uh, I realized what father Abraham was but I also realized uh, what a cheap knockoff of a father I was Like I was not paying attention to my kids. I was failing in our accounts. But thankfully God, through that sermon, woke me up soon enough. My kids were still small that I could uh, work and try to uh, put them on the right track and uh, put myself on the right track. Because before I had the right to teach them about God, I had to be following God first. They, kids, they learn not by what we say. They learn by what they hear we saying through our life. And uh, I thank God because I still had time to revert the trend. But that story also helped me to understand why. God asked Abraham, that big ask he had. Because the one thing is for you to profess your faith, to say, I believe God, I'm going to go to you to the end, uh, wherever it takes. But the other thing is when your faith is being tested, when problems come, when your faith what God is asking for you gets on the way, of things you like, things you love, the story changes. Let me tell another story to kind of illustrate. When I was a teenage, uh, my brother, he's younger than me two years, he he was sort of like he didn't know how to do a reality check. He kind of was one of those uh, uh, small chihuahuas, like those uh, pocket-sized uh, dogs that was barking as a pit bull. He, that face is like a dog like 10 times his size and like oh, as if he had the power to beat the dog up. And my brother was just like that. So he was in, constantly in confusion like uh, getting fights with people that were bigger and meaner than him. And uh, One day I was doing my math uh homework at home my father was sitting there to make sure I was doing it and not uh eloping to do some uh other thing and uh that was like mid afternoon and somebody like uh went on the fence of our home we had like one of those uh um, iron fences that just like little spikes like you can see through and I'm like Mabiu Mabius there's two guys picking up your 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 brother in the, in the football camp in the soccer camp and that was a nice school like 2 or 3 blocks from my home so like I bolted uh, I went running my father went running after me uh, I knocked the 2 guys out by the time my father arrived the 2 guys were away on the floor and I brought my brother home but I didn't know who those guys were Uh, Those guys were like uh, members of the gang, of a gang. And uh, one was the leader of that gang and the other one was his brother. And like uh, they, I discovered that on the hard way when they tried to get me in a block party that we had a few weeks later. And then I realized that I was a market man. I escaped by like a thin hair, like jumping from, like uh, I entered in a friend's house, and then I jumped to from his backyard to the next guy's backyard and went to the other side and run home. But I was watching my shoulder and my shadows ever since. And I, I was talking to a big, uh, big friend of mine, big in all senses. He was older, he was taller. He was stronger, he was like, a, I don't know if you guys know uh, what Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is, but he was one of the top fighters on the, on the area. And I was telling him about my problem, and, like, uh, and then he said, like, oh, I wish I could uh, go there and help you s- solve it, and I said, oh yeah, you can. But like, he backtracked so fast, and that's how we do with God. We say like Peter, I'm going to go with you to the end. But when the problem becomes real, we, we run. We change the story. And uh, that's what happened with Abraham several times as he was growing up. He was growing in his faith. Uh, God could have done this 75 years earlier on the beginning of his journey. Uh, but he was not ready. God, God could have done this so many other times, like when he left finally all his family, or when he was interceding by Sodom and Gomorrah. But he was not ready. It was not that time. Now he was ready. Uh, at the end of his life, he had the chance to build his character He had the chance to grow up. And uh, God uh, gave him time to grow. And now was the time for that big ask. God needed to allow him to go through that experience. Through his own benefit. God knows everything. He didn't need to ask Abraham, prove your faith to me. He knew already. He didn't need to ask. Uh, But why did God ask them? Not long ago, we had COVID. And uh, I don't know how many of you had kids in high school during that uh, last COVID year that were graduating. Uh, They had a big problem to face because of all the restrictions. The, The standard tests that they had to take Uh, SATs, they were cancelled that year. So, and they need those test scores to go to, to apply to colleges to get, they are graded by that, by the schools. So they, uh, the college pick up the the best ones. But, uh, so how did they do? Basically, uh, oversimplifying, the teachers would have to guesstimate what that score would be based on their performance on the classroom. But uh, the thing is, I knew several people that didn't like it. Uh, like, they were graduating, they were good students on the classroom, so they would get good grades, but they had prepared for the, those SAT exams. They paid extra money to have, like, prep courses, and because they wanted to ace it so why they became so upset although they received the highest grade because they wanted to know if they could make it one thing was for the teacher to give them the maximum grade based on her perform, based on their performance and based on their perception of who the student was but that particular person uh, i'm thinking about she, she was Wanting to know if she had what takes, and uh, that's what God was offering to Abraham, and what God is offering to you and me as well. He allows us to go through situations in life where we can, where we have to decide by our own convictions. He allowed to go through that, those situations. Where we can have the chance to exercise our faith on Him. And uh, not because we need, not because He needs to know, but because we need to know. Especially when we look back to our past, to our failures, and the devil always throws those failures on our face. God gives us chances to prove to ourselves and to the universe. That we overcame it. Now that's not an issue any longer. I'm God's. Sometimes when we face so, those hard problems, we have that tendency to go on our knees and say like, God, why are you doing this to me? I'm a good Christian. I do everything that I can to walk like you. Uh, but why are you allowing this bad thing to happen to me? But what we ignore at times is that God may be giving us an opportunity, an opportunity to show Him, to show the whole universe, and most importantly, to show to ourselves uh, what we are made of, to show to ourselves where we are in our walk with God. According to the Bible, The Bible says that in times of our biggest problems is when God is the the closest to us. The Bible also says that God never allows a problem to overcome us that's bigger than what we can handle. So we need to remember that we live in a great controversy. And And that conflict is about the character of God. Satan is mirrored God's character. Satan bad-mounted God to the whole universe. And uh, that's why he's called Satan. Satan means the accuser. And there is one thing that we sometimes don't know. It's that like uh, our name, our character is associated with God. When you say that you are a Christian. You are bearing God's name. Jesus name. And. uh, I believe I mentioned this to you in another time. I'm going to summarize that story real quick. Because it's old news for you. But some may have not known. I was uh, probably not the best kid. uh, When I was growing up. And. And. One day my dad was called to pick me up up at school, mid of school day, because I broke somebody's head. So, my dad was filming and I thought like, I'm dead meat when I get home. And uh, he put me on his uh, bed, as he usually do. Locked the room, I thought he would beat me up as usual. But this time he decided to do something worse. He spoke with me. And his words were so piercing. That at some point I was almost screaming like, stop already. Go and beat me up. Because what he said was so hard to hear. Some of that lecture I never forgot. And one of the things I never forgot was one phrase that he uses like, When you go out there, people don't see you. People see me. You have my name. You have the name of my family. So, when you are there, you are representing me. And that's the same with God. If you call yourself a Christian, when you are out there, your name, your life, your character is associated with God's name, life, and character. And, uh... I've said this before as well, uh, but do you guys know what's the most popular sin synag- amongst Christians? Mm-hmm. What? No? Like, uh, if you look to the commandments, the one that's most broken is the third commandment. That means don't take your f- the name of God in vain. And we do it every day. As we call us as Christians. And we don't live in a way that honors God. And. Um, whatever we know. Or not. We represent God. To the people around us. And that's true. For us. And is true for God as well. Because God's character. Is at the is on display on that whole controversy. He also, throughout that great controversy, in the way he deals with humanity, he had to prove to the whole universe that he is good as he says he is. And goodness is something that cannot be proved by saying, by words, by contracts. His goodness had to be uh, proved by demonstration. He had to actually... Show it. That's why Jesus came. And incarnated. And lived a holy life. And died for you and me. And. uh, We have the. Chance to know now. All this. Because. When we spend our thousand years in heaven. After the second coming. One of the functions of this thousand years is for me and you to be able to see why i'm there why god saved me did god save me because of my blue eyes and i don't have blue eyes if you can cannot see it or did god save me just because the whole universe has to know including us the saved that god was righteous in the way he treated me and he treated you and uh You may think, okay, I get it. God gives me opportunities. But what if I mess up? If I miss that opportunity that God gives me? No sweat. Uh, God knows you. And he will keep sending those moments to you. And uh, the Bible says that he never gives up. He keeps trying you until you have time and by having time is like a shoe while you shoe alive or and before he's coming so uh look to abraham like uh, we tend to think on abraham when he was like 120 years old like father of faith and all that but the guy was a crook like over and over and over again he was doing everything wrong he was growing he was losing some of his bad habits throughout the way, God giving him opportunity over opportunities to overcome those things. He never gives up. He had like a uh almost fifty years to to get to the point where he was hearing the story today and God takes time with you the, whatever it takes as long as you keep. Moving forward, as long as you keep giving yourself to him. There is one very important parallel in this story. That I think we need to to look in order to realize what that story is all about. And that parallel is what we read as scripture reading today in in John 8. When Jesus was being interrogated by the Pharisees. He said like, Abraham saw my day. And he was glad of it. Did you ever thought about that statement? What he was trying to say? Uh, Jesus was saying that. What happened there. On Mount Moriah. Was a little shadow. Of what was about to happen in Calvary. In the same way. Jesus carried his cross. Isaac. Carried. Everything he needed to his own sacrifice. He carried the wood. He carried the fire. And uh, in the same way. Abraham decided to give his son. God decided. To give his own son to demonstrate his love. For us. But there is one difference. There was no lamb for Jesus. There was no substitution for him. He was our substitute. He died in our place. And, uh, and why? Because it was at this moment uh, that God needed to prove what he was made of. He kept saying to the whole universe, I'm love, I'm love. Love got incarnated. And he died for us to to prove his point. And. Uh, on that fateful day. When Jesus was hanging from that cross. The whole universe. Could really fully grasp. God's character. That God is really love. And thus. Uh, Satan was unmasked. Uh, denounced as the real liar. Of the whole story. And. That's the point of this passage. Here, uh, Abraham had decided three days earlier to let go of the thing he loved most, that was his son. The son he was waiting for his whole life. And uh, for me and you may be different. I have sons, daughters, I don't need anything. I don't need more. The ones I have. They give me already enough trouble. But. uh, I do need. Something. There's something in my life. That. Sometimes. casts shadows over God himself. And every one of us. Have have our own thing. And. uh, God's giving us. Again and again and again. To give opportunities. To give up those things. I want to draw your attention to verse 14. Verse 14 says, and we're going to read starting on verse 14. Uh, Can you read for me, Robert, uh, from verse 14 to verse 18 again? Pay attention to what uh, uh, the Bible says.
0: And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jerah, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for thou, because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast done as avoid my voice.
1: It's not, I don't know if that called your attention, That the thing Abraham gave up. The thing that he cherished more. And that he gave up. Was the thing. The very thing. God. Took it. And make. Overflowing blessings. He had not only this son. But through this son. He had Jacob. And from Jacob. He had 12 tribes, and from those 12 tribes, from one of them, even Jesus himself was born. And uh, God gives us that same opportunity. He's not a mean guy. That very thing he's asking you to give up is that very thing he can and he will magnify. If you give to him. And uh, not only to be a blessing to you. But to be a blessing to everyone around you. I don't know what you're holding up. I don't know what's your Isaac. I don't know what you're keeping close to your heart. But I only know one thing. If you give it this thing to Jesus. He can do tremendous things in that, in that very thing you surrender. And uh, I cannot finish today with asking you a question. I don't want you to answer, but I want to reflect on it, for you to reflect on it as I do my closing prayer. I just want to think for a while how your life would be different If you give yourself to you totally in God's hand. If you give that thing that's before you and God, between you and God, to him so he can magnify, so he can bless abundantly. How he's testing you today. Are you going through the trials and tribulations of your life and asking why instead of asking God like, okay, God. Take it. It's yours. Do it as you please. What he will do in your life if he you allow him to remove the Isaacs of your heart? How different and how blessed your life could be if you allow him to take over? While we are still breathing, we still have time and we still have opportunities and, God gives us opportunities every day to take that next step. My invitation for you today as we pray is for you to think what you're holding to and give that thing to God so he can magnify and can turn it to a blessing for you and for those around you. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, We are so thankful because you love us so much that you don't force us into love you. You give us ample opportunity to choose again and again and again to love you, no matter what. Sometimes things get tough and sometimes we have to let go of things that we hold so dear. Help us to realize that you are asking those things not because you want to suck up all the fun of our lives. Quite contrary. You want to remove those things that are in between us and you so you can take those very things and transform it in big and abundant blessings to us and to those around us. Help us to understand that you are always loves us and everything you ask us to do, whatever explicitly or implicitly to the trials and tribulations we pass, they are means to an end. Once we let it go of the self, once we let go of those things, you can transform us and bring us to the next level. We will have all the eternity to grow, To become more and more like you in love and in everything else. But here on this earth, you give those those opportunities to us in baby steps. For us to one thing after the other thing to overcome. And as we overcome, you turn those very things in blessings. I ask dear Lord, bless each one of us today. Give us the wisdom and the strength you gave to Abraham to do your bidding, even when it's hard, trusting that on those trying times you are so close to us as never we experienced before. Help us to feel your presence, help us to experience you, and help us to give to you what we need to give so we can uh, keep growing on your grace and keep going on your blessings. Bless all of those, and as they think about it, as they try to surrender to you, help them to hear your voice and be blessed by what they gave to you. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you're in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you're a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.